You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. It's time to rock the house. You know what that means. Do you know what that means? Because I'm not sure. So, I don't know. We'll figure it out, though. Going to figure it out. We do have a good amount to talk about today. Lots and lots going on. I didn't even finish everything that I wanted to do, um, you know, because news broke and we got to talk about news. So I took some notes about some news and then bigger news broke. And then um, I wanted to go back and look at the press conferences that went on yesterday. I got through about half of them. So we might talk about that. We might not. I hate to be so delayed about it, but uh, we might not. Um, Then there was training camp. Didn't quite get through that whole thing, um, partially because they did training camp late today, but also because I decided I have to do the 53. So we're doing the 53. So we're going to figure out what to do in the first half. In other words, talk about some stuff that's going on, take a break, and then do the 53 thing. In fact, actually what we probably should do, because the 53 discussion is probably going to take a while, we might have to race through some news and notes first and then begin the 53 before the break. Yes, I could plan this beforehand so I don't have to discuss it with you, but I feel like we should talk about these things. Open communication. We're in this together. And if you're not okay with that, then maybe this relationship just isn't going to work out. Really wish I didn't have to go to work today. I am I am in a mood, man. I'm just, I feel like, is quarter-life crisis a thing? Because I feel like I'm, I just, I hit that point. You ever kind of get those times where it's like stress builds up so much that you feel like you're just going to lose it a little bit? And then you kind of, you know, like you just, you need something. Like I need to take a vacation or whatever. I've been kind of in that mode for like a week now, and I feel like it shouldn't last this long. I'm just wondering if it's just like a quarter life crisis. Would it be, it's not even, it's like third life crisis. I don't think, I think it's too late for a quarter life. Maybe my body knows something that I don't and time's a ticking. And it is a midlife crisis. And I've, I mean, it's not 70, 78 bad. Now, now it's getting dark. But point is, I'm, I'm seriously sitting here like, dude, I should play some like video games and stream it tonight. That'd be so much fun. Just like, don't care. I just want to not care about anything. Got this meeting tomorrow. Dude, you know what you should do with the meeting, which would be great. <sighs> See, and I'm stressed out about tomorrow because there's so many obnoxious emails that I ignored yesterday. <laughs> Oh, let's talk about the Packers. Stress reliever. By the way, please, please, for the love of everything that has ever been, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Get me out of here, please. Please. (laughs) I swear I will spend eight hours hanging out with you. Podcast, Facebook, you name it, man. You're going to be so sick of me. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to have a Packers cooking channel, the whole thing. It's all I'm going to do buck a month. That's all I need. Everybody listening, just be like, all right, I pity this guy. He's so pathetic. He's not going to make it out there. He's not going to make it much longer. He's weak. He's feeble. I can make it because I'm a grown man. This one, he won't make it. This young pup, spoiled, pathetic child, he'll never make it. He needs it. Patreon.com forward slash Packer score daddy. Um, what happened today? Let's find out. So the you're listening to this on Tuesday. As of Tuesday... The team needs to be cut down to 80. I'm not exactly sure where we're at, but I don't think we're quite there. But the releases have begun. So by 3 p.m. Central Standard Time on Tuesday, the Packers, along with every other NFL team, have to trim from 85 down to 80. Three players that I know of were released. And again, 
A lot of stuff going on a little bit later today than I'm used to, so a lot of things happening on Twitter, and I'm I'm home, man. I'm having a hard time keeping up with everything, but there's three that I'm aware of. First of all, tight end Daniel Crawford was officially released. I don't think Daniel Crawford... So if you look at the... Because I'm kind of in 53 mode. If you look at this list, and, and actually... Um, when I did my live stream, which I would really love to do today, but I'm getting a late start, so I probably won't. And I'm tired. Anyways, ADD freak. If you look at the tight ends, there's really only one guy you cannot make a case for. Tunyon is a lock. Mercedes, I wouldn't say is a lock, but he's he's not going anywhere. Deguara's a lock. Sternberger, there's questions, but I mean, he's the team is kind of really relying on him and hoping he's, I mean, they're pushing really hard. And he's making a push. Again, he's had that one good day. He's been very inconsistent, but um, he's at least showing flashes where before he was consistently just ineffective. Now he's inconsistent. So it's a step in the right direction. Um, and then Dominique Daphne is very well liked. If you've listened to Coach Hahn, he's heaped praise on Daphne and how much the Packers like him and all the things that he does for the Packers and his role and all that stuff. And Kyle Fusi also, um, you've heard praise from Rodgers and some of the coaching staff and some some notes in training camp, et cetera, et cetera. Daniel Crawford, I don't remember hearing his name one time. So when you go through the list, there's a couple guys that you look at and just say, there's no way. And I think uh, Daniel Crawford was one of them. Hazleton is another one, um, which I shouldn't say. It, it's just, you know, Chris Blair, um, I would say Jawan Winfrey, quarterback, Dolagala, right? He he just came back because we needed him because Love was hurt. But I mean, he's there's no way. There's just certain guys that I just I I don't even know who they are until they catch a pass or something in the preseason game. And I'm like, who the heck is that? They're like, oh yeah, he's been here for a while. Like, mm, I don't think so. I think you're lying. I think you're just flat out lying to me. You are a flat out big fat ugly liar. That's what I tell my TV sometimes. Big fat liar. Also in the news, Kadar Holman was apparently traded to the Houston Texans for a seventh-round pick. Should be a very high seventh-round pick at that. Maybe the first pick in the seventh round. Not that that means a ton, but it's something. Um, but I'm actually a little surprised that Kadar was uh, able to get some kind of value, probably because it hasn't been that long of a time, I guess. I don't know. I just I didn't really expect him... Uh, to be one of the guys that would harbor some value, but he did. I mean, it's a seventh-round pick. It's basically nothing. But if you're getting rid of guys, you might as well collect as much value as you can. And apparently there was some uh, desire for for Kadar. But um became kind of evident that he was not... Not only is he kind of odd man out, but there's, there's more to it than that. Because usually the Packers are willing to invest a little bit more time in a young guy like that if there's something else there. But we never heard anything good about Kadar Holman, right? Um, obviously we have Jair, we have Kevin for as long as we have Kevin, we have Stokes, we like Chandon, we've heard some good things about Shamar, um, but we've also heard things about Kabianento that we like, and we brought in Isaac uh, Yadam, Yadam, whatever. I just, I, I and, and again, I'm sure I missed something, but I just don't know that I've really heard more than like one or two positive notes about Kadar ever, and he was drafted in 2019. So I think they just reached the point where they realize he's just not getting it, right? And even if you listen to some of these coaches, you listen to them talk and, and they talk about progress. Even with Jace, and a lot of people think Jace is gone. Maybe he is, I don't know. Um, but there's progress there. A.J. Dillon, when they talk about Dillon, um, Matt LaFleur in the press conference said he's still a young runner, but there's progress. And that's one of the biggest things they want to see is that you continue to take steps, right? Even Amari Rodgers. The reason you don't need to panic about Amari is because it's not about, hey, on your first day in the NFL, are you an elite player? It's about on your second day in the NFL, are you better than you were the first day in the NFL? Now, granted, if you're Josh Myers, we kind of need you to be pretty good because we're, we're depending on you. But it's a little bit unfair because generally nobody, nobody is expected to be as good year one as they are, let's say, year three, right? We keep asking about TJ Slate. How's he doing? How's he doing? How's he doing? And uh, the only thing that was really mentioned, aside from, yeah, we like him, is that he's still raw. We still need, to, he, he has a long way to go, but he's progressing. He was better in week two than he was in week one, and that's what matters. And so again, when you get a guy like Kadar, um, generally, again, the Packers are very good about, you know, we're going to keep him around. Even when fans are like, can we get rid of this guy? Nothing's happening, obviously. At some point, you look at a guy and you say, he's just not getting it. He's not growing. He's not progressing. This is kind of just what he is. 
maybe it's us, maybe it's him, I don't know, but it's not working. And the Texans apparently really like him and his skill set, and they're like, yeah, let's give it a crack. I think maybe he'll be good over here. And I'm sure there's some salesmanship from the Packers' standpoint as well. You know, if you look, I mean, I'm sure it's a little bit more in-depth and coachy than this, but from my layman's perspective, something like, well, we play a lot of zone, he's better in man, you guys do a lot of man, what do you think? And if they liked him in college and they're like, yeah, let's, let's take a shot, like, what do you want for him? Like, just give me a seventh. Those, those picks are useless anyways, and they kind of are. But, you know, give me a seventh and we'll see what we can do. Listen to me as I talk about seventh round picks are you. By the way, Kylan Hill... There's going to be 75 quotes of me saying seventh-round picks are useless and Kylan Hill is going to be a stud. <laughs> but I, in my defense, I have said that there are some positions that that doesn't count for, and running back is one of those positions. But it's very rare. I mean, you know, I mean, running back, you can get... There's always those diamond-in-the-rough running backs, man. But he gone, and we got ourselves another pick. Best of luck to Mr. Holman. And then finally, the biggest shock to most people was Kamal Martin, and I'll be honest, it was a big shock to me, although when I was doing the 53, I did keep him out. It wasn't, and here's the thing, I, I, I technically did a 53, but it's not really an official 53. It's, I didn't put that much time and effort into trying to get the exact right prediction or anything like that. It's really just a matter of, I just need some kind of perspective. I just want to be able to see it, right? Because usually when you do it, you look at it and go, ooh, yeah, I don't think I'm, you know, I can't, I thought we could do seven wide receivers, but I don't think we can. I think I did, and nah. I don't know. I may have done so. I don't even remember. Again, it doesn't matter. But again, when you do it and you visualize it, it gives you a better perspective. So when people ask you, do you think we're going to keep seven wide receivers, which a lot of people did when I did my live stream, I was like, I have no idea because I don't know where the pressure points are. You know, sometimes I do a 53. In fact, this year was the easiest 53 I've ever done, which is surprising because there's a lot of guys I like. But usually I do a 53 and I'm at like 64 and I got to start whittling. And it's like, I can't, dude. I We need all these guys. I was at... Uh, I want to say I was at like 58, and I was like, I guess I'll just start adding guys. I don't really, not that I didn't like anybody else, but I built a team, and maybe it's just the the quality of the guys that we have. I built a team where I said, we're good with this. And then it was like, all right, now the rest are kind of luxury picks. You don't need them, but you know, you kind of want them. And I think, I think Kamar, Kamal might have been my final add back. But listen, I, I even said a while ago that it's kind of a death knell when they start talking about changing your position group. And I, I said even as far as, as back as last year, obviously, PFF like Kamal Martin. But even at that, what did I say on this podcast 65,000 times? There's something about Kamal the Packers just hate. I don't know what it is. PFF likes him, the Packers do not. Despite the fact that every one of our guys is graded out horrifically, Kamal Martin is graded out really, really well. Now, the way that PFF grades them and the way the Packers grade are going to be a little bit different depending on what the Packers want him to do in that particular situation, right? Remember, PFF doesn't have the the ability to see what is your assignment. So maybe he was supposed to go do something that he didn't do that was kind of a way that caused something, you know, sort of butterfly effecty down the sideline. So the PFF is blaming Joe Schmo over there. And it's like, well, if Kamal would have done his job, we wouldn't have even been talking about this. I don't know. I'm just making up scenarios. But again, for whatever reason, he's not the right fit. And I never really understood it. And I thought, well, maybe this year you're going to start to see Kamal step up a little bit more. I don't really know. And then he was not getting first team reps and he was not getting second team. And I know injuries have been a part of it, but still, it's clearly not just an injury situation. And again, when they started talking outside linebacker, it's like, all right, they really, they really just don't like this guy. And they, he was one of the first ones they cut, which again, reiterates the fact that they really don't like him. And it just, it just surprises me. And it's also interesting because Petten obviously didn't care for him. I don't know if it's his attitude, his uh, approach to the game, his understanding of the game, the way he plays, his skill set. I don't know exactly what it is, but you had Mike Petten was not a fan. Then we get the new defensive coordinator coming in, and I'm sure LaFleur and everybody else kind of briefed him on it and like gave him their thoughts on Kamal, but he's a linebacker guy, and he's coming in. He's like, here's what I need my linebackers to do, and you know, obviously I've been told a few things, but I want to make my own evaluations. And he's looking at this group saying, I really like our linebackers, except that Kamal guy. Let's just get rid of him. He's not going to make it here. So it, it was surprising, but at the same time, it should have been painfully obvious to all of us. He was he was flat out despised by this team. And, you know, it, it may end up coming back to be like a Micah Hyde situation. Not that he's going to be as good as Micah Hyde, but Micah Hyde was the only other time I can remember where there was a guy that I thought just did a good job. You know, he just always did a pretty decent job, and the Packers never really gave him the reps. They never really put him in a position to succeed, and the few times he was out there, he really did a good job, but they just, he was never really pushed. 
I thought he was better than most of the guys that were getting way more reps than him, and eventually they got rid of him, and it was like, this is such a weird thing. It just felt weird. And he went on to have great success. In fact, he was way better after he left than when he was here, which maybe has something to do with the whole situation, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Occasionally, there's just a guy that, that seems to be doing well, but the Packers are like, you're just not what we need for what we're doing here. So I, I, that's my assessment of the situation. Um, he did certain things really well, clearly. I mean, PFF is not just making things up. He was doing something well to get those good of a grades, but it was not what the Packers need. And, and, he, and to be fair, he doesn't really fit the mold. If you look at everybody else and the way that they operate, from Oren Burks to Ty Summers uh, to even Campbell, they're just a certain style of linebacker, and Kamal is not that style of linebacker. He kind of reminds me more of Blake Martinez, you know, that style. Jake Ryan, I'm not necessarily even talking about build, but just the style. And the Packers just don't care for that. So is what it is, again, and and it makes it an easier pill to swallow because of the success of the linebackers, which, by the way, I didn't mention this, and we haven't gone super in-depth on PFF or anything yet, but, and I don't know if we will, but... um, Oren Burks had a really bad week last week, according to PFF. He didn't have any of the splash plays. He kind of wasn't even there very much. And so I kind of was wondering, I wonder how well he's doing. He had a terrible, very Oren Burksy kind of day. And as I said, maybe that last week was a fluke. We got to see if he has, I think verbatim, I said, if he has a really big down week next week, my first thought is going to be, okay, that one week was a fluke. That's exactly my fl- my thought. And so Brian Gutekunst at his press conference a couple days ago even talked about how there are guys who win and lose their job in the final preseason game. I think Oren might be one of those guys. He really showed. And, and listen, he's second team right now, so maybe he's, he's basically safe, but he's been quite terrible. And that one game was sort of the one time that he kind of showed up, but then he went right back to just not doing anything right. I just think this is a really important game for him. He needs to be able to show that he can do it again. He's got to be able to do something. Send him on blitzes. Do everything. I mean, send Oren Burks on every possible thing you can think of and just see if he can show up. Just send him out there to make plays and see what he can do because he's got to do something. But anyways, that was just a little side note that I noticed today. What else? We're definitely not going to be able to do 53 before the break. By the way, this note has been sitting here. I keep forgetting to talk about it. The new uniforms. New uniforms. So anybody care about the new uniforms? No? Okay, cool. Next note. I may have even talked about it a little bit. I don't know. I guess I just don't really care that much. But uh, anyways, Everson Griffin is also now officially a Minnesota Viking. Um, I haven't seen the victory laps or anything. I don't really know if that's coming, but I'm, I'm, I just, I don't want to see it. I'm hoping the Vikings fans have the ability in their being to realize the last time we signed a pass rusher and we went and did victory laps about how this is going to make us an elite defense, we looked so stupid. And I don't want to do that again. Um, and so I'm hoping that they they understand that maybe maybe they should relax. And look, Everson Griffin's not, he's not a bad football player, um, but he's 33 going on 34. That's, that's the first thing. Uh, the Vikings have let him go for a reason. I mean, they were trying to move him for a while, and obviously he had his his issues, and they unloaded him, and he went to Dallas, and he was absolutely horrible, and he went to Detroit, and he was absolutely horrible. And uh, so he's just kind of floundering around out there, and eventually the Vikings are like, all right, well, we need some help. Let's just bring him back, because they're they're just, they're throwing as much as they possibly can to this defensive line, hoping that something will stick. Um, they have not had the success off the edge of opposite Daniil Hunter that they were hoping for, obviously. And so they're like, all right, well, let's get a short-term Band-Aid in Everson Griffin, who's at least going to be baseline average um, until we can kind of figure out who to put opposite Everson Griffin. Because, again, the Vikings are in kind of win-now mode also with Kirk Cousins and a lot of these really old guys, you know, outside of a couple of guys that they have with their wide receiver, their running back, uh, a couple offensive linemen, and Daniil, it's all coming down, right? They don't have corners. The safeties are all gone, minus one 90-year-old. Everson obviously isn't going to stick around. Most of the defensive tackles that they brought in are old guys uh, that are Band-Aids. Quarterback leaving. Uh, one of their two wide receivers is getting very old. So, I mean, there there is an, an element of we really got to try to make something happen here. Plus, the leadership... It's kind of been under the microscope. I think somebody just got extended. It was at the head coach. I don't remember. But uh, there's been some chirpings of discontent in that building. 
So I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where are they a little bit better? Yeah, probably, marginally, maybe. Am I worried about it? No. And, and the best part about all this is apparently after Everson Griffin left, at some point, he decided to go on an absolute tirade against Kirk Cousins and uh, was screaming and swearing on Twitter about how terrible he is and how the head coach didn't even want him and doesn't want him there and nobody wants him there, All just whatever. And um, <laughs> so it was on Twitter that uh, he says he will, as a condition of him coming back, he will apologize to Kirk Cousins, which is the most awkward thing ever. Can you imagine being Kirk Cousins in that situation? where a player who just completely trashed you as a human being and said that you're not wanted in Minnesota and even your head coach doesn't even want you there is coming back and is essentially being forced to apologize. Like, I, I would be so upset. I, I'd just be like, do not make him apologize. I don't want him to apologize. I don't want some fake nothing apologies for some D-bag that doesn't like me. Everson can go stick it. I do not want an apology. I don't want to see him. I don't want to talk to him. Now, once that message is conveyed to him that he's off the hook and he no longer needs to give me an apology, if he desperately wants to corner me and be like, look, man, I really am sorry, fine. I still don't care. I still don't care for him, but I don't have to. It's my job. I come here, I play football. He comes here, he plays football. We all do our own thing. Just such a weird, and again, it's just this, the whole culture thing. It, it's such a bad decision. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's not my team. I don't root for them. Anyways, it's a pretty good spot to take a break. couple things we got to get to. Number one, I did post the Fantasy League in um, Patreon. Uh, I think I'm going to give it one more day of everybody at the $5 and up tier to get in immediately because I'm going to open up the floodgates to everybody at the $1 tier, and that is like 50% of everybody on Patreon, probably more so than 50%. It's, it's a lot of people. So if you are in the $5 or up tier and you really want in, you better do it quickly because it's going to fill up, I'm guessing, very quickly tomorrow. Um, I already did my Patreon plug, Palmer Home for Children. If you'd like to give to that, it would be greatly appreciated. Let me, um, also, I think I have some thank yous here really quick. Thank you very much. I don't know exactly where I left off, but thank you very much to Edward Stevens, George Selensky, and Earl Reichel. Thank you all very much for your support. We are only 52 away, which again, at this pace, we're not going to get there, but 52 is not very many. If we get 52 people to say, all right, I'm going to give them a buck a month, then I will rush off immediately after the conclusion of the Green Bay Packers game against the New Orleans Saints, hopefully as a victory, because if I have to pay for Packers tickets after I just watched a crushing defeat, that's going to be like a double whammy of crap. But I'll do it, and I'll buy a Green Bay... I'll I'll probably pick a winner, and then we'll discuss which game you want to go to, and uh, we'll figure it out. Just probably not the Steelers game, but any other game that doesn't cost a billion dollars because all the Packer fans said, let's have a big party, and the prices went through the roof, uh, we'll work it out. All right, nothing from the Palmer home. One final thing we definitely need to talk about, though. Um, I just talked to Jacob, who helps me out with my Instagram stuff. Uh, he's been going back and forth with a pristine auction company. It's getting it's getting kind of cool. Uh, things are kind of fluid right now. But here's where we're at. I don't know if it's because we had a bunch of people kind of flood over there and get involved because they want this Zedarius jersey, but it sounds like they upped their offer, and I'm pretty excited about it. So Pristine Auction is an auction company that that sells via auction some really cool sports merchandise. And I don't think it's all just sports, but I mean, that's what we're here for, Packers merch, right? Well, get this. Apparently, just for us and us only, they're going to be giving, I, I, what I'd mentioned is they're going to give away some stuff every other week. So once every two weeks, they're going to give something away. They're actually going to be giving away four items in the first four weeks of the NFL season. Four giveaways. Here's what they're giving away just to this audience of the Packernet Podcast. Number one, a Josiah DeGuara signed jersey. So right now we have a Zadarius Smith signed jersey that is that is going to be given away. They have a Josiah DeGuara signed jersey, which I'm going to cry that I don't have that. A uh, Vince Lombardi trophy signed by Jordy Nelson. A David Bakhtiari signed jersey and a Devontae Adams signed jersey, giving it away completely and totally free. So because these items are a lot better than what I thought, and because I want this partnership to do really, really well, I had mentioned that you're not going to have to sign up at Pristine Auction uh, for all these giveaways. I changed that. If you want to, we're going we're gonna to change up the giveaway. So this, this time around, it's Instagram. So go over there, follow me, tag three friends, you're entered. But you have to sign up at Pristine Auction. So we're going to pick somebody to win. And all you're going to have to do is show us proof that you signed up. If you just go right now, go to Pristine Auction, 
register for an account, use promo code PACKERNET. They're going to give you 10 bucks in your account to bid on some stuff. So you go in there, all you got to do is register. You register for stuff every five seconds just to see what's behind the paywall or whatever. Like, yeah, I don't care. Just sign me. Go sign up, use promo code uh, PACKERNET, and they're going to give you 10 free dollars to bid on stuff. Once you're entered again, then you're already basically entered for all these other things. And in the first four weeks, those are the things that are going to be given away. And, and again, this week, so, so basically five weeks in a row, we have a signed Zadarius jersey, a signed DeGuara jersey, a signed Bakhtiari jersey, a signed Devontae Adams jersey, and a Vince Lombardi trophy signed by Jordy Nelson. That's what we're giving away over the next five weeks. Go sign up immediately at pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-A-U-C-T-I-O-N.com, pristineauction.com. Sign up, use pro, promo code PACKERNET. And you're, you've got half the job already done. At that point, just make sure you're logged in and you're listening to this podcast because we're going to change up what exactly you have to do to enter each week. And again, this week, um, if, you, if you want to know what it is, just reach out to me. But this week, go over to Instagram, follow the Packernet podcast, tag three people, three Packer fans, so that you know they, they are following and want to tag people and all that fun stuff. And that's it. That's it. That's all you got to do. And you might get a signed Zadarius Smith jersey this week. Don't miss out on that. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so I kind of, again, this is not necessarily my prediction. It's just kind of me trying to work through this. You can tweak a couple of the guys at the end, and it doesn't really matter to me. It doesn't really bother me all that much, and it can be refined over time, but this is just where we're at. So what I did today is I went back because I lost the sheet. This is, I spend so much time doing stuff, and then I misplace it, and I have to do it all over again, and it takes forever. But I went from 2020 all the way back to 2009, and I looked at every position and I said, how many tie or how many people do they keep at each position? And then I took the average, the minimum, and the maximum for each position. So I want to do that first, just so we're clear on these different things. Quarterback. On average, they're keeping two, and I rounded the nearest whole number. On average, they're keeping two. At a minimum, it's two. At a maximum, it's three. So they've never kept one. They've never kept four. It's either two or three. That kind of fits with what we got going on this year. Uh, generally it's two, but it's, I mean, one, two, three, four, five years, including 2020, they had three. Now, granted, these things change all the time. A couple other things about this. I just looked at ourlads.com, the website, in um, October. So whatever they had for October, when the first 53 came out, that's what I went with. Again, obviously things change, things shift based on injuries, this, that, or the other, but that was just sort of the snapshot I went through, and I kept it consistent through 2009. Another thing to consider, when I did my own personal 53, which again doesn't matter all that much, 
I did not take into account the suspension for Sternberger, the injury to Bakhtiari, all these different things. I don't care. I'm kind of just talking about the final result. What do we want the team at full strength to look like? That's what I'm focused on. Not necessarily the first official 53. What is this team going to look like when it's full power? Anyways, wide receiver. On average, they keep five wide receivers. At a minimum, they keep four. That was only once in 2013. At a maximum, seven. They've only kept seven once, and that was in 2016. Running backs. Now, it's important to note that I lump running back and fullback in together um, because it gets a little iffy between who's a fullback. And now we got DeGuara, who's listed as a tight end slash fullback. It's kind of a weird thing. At least our lads does. I don't know if anybody else does. Everybody keeps calling him a fullback. Anyways... So I lumped fullbacks and and running backs into one unit of running back. Um, And the only reason that's significant is as you get further and further down, the number of running backs kept is a little bit higher because we used to have not only one fullback, at times there were like three fullbacks. So it inflates the number a bit. But on average, five running backs, um, is that right? Yeah, five running backs have been kept. However, not recently, but five running backs on average, minimum of three, maximum of six. The last three years, we've had four. Again, kind of iffy depending on what you call a running back, what you call a fullback, whatever, and we don't really have a fullback unless you can say blah, 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 blah. But I find it interesting because we're looking at it right now saying, oh, it's definitely three and no more, and that's it. I actually went back, and when I was adding people, I did add a guy. I put Dexter. It's probably not Dexter, but I figured for special teams, I just threw him in there. Again, it doesn't matter. But when I looked at it, I said it's kind of unusual to have less than four. In fact, only once in 2016 did they have less than four. Um, offensive line is always tricky. I, I didn't really stress over it as much as I usually do, um, because the way that the, they lay it out is you'll have multiple guys in there, which makes it hard to do this, um, because you're counting guys twice. Sometimes you'll have a guy that's a tackle, but also a backup guard and also a backup center or something like third strings. It's, it's weird. But I, again, I didn't really stress, stress it. I started with tackles. I counted the tackles and then I went to guard and I counted the guards minus any duplicate tackles. And then I went to center and counted all the centers minus any duplicate center or guards, tackles, whatever. So anyways, with that system in mind, on average, four tackles kept. So one at each position, one backup each. Minimum is three. So obviously you got your two and then one backup. Maximum of six. At guard, on average, three guards, minimum of two, maximum of four, at center, average is two, minimum is one, maximum is three. I'm, I'm giving out notes for those of you doing 53s. Tight end position. On average, since 2009, four tight ends. At a minimum is two, which they've only done once. That was in 2015. Maximum is five. They've done that a couple times, but they've also done it most recently in 2020. They had five tight ends. Defensive tackles, generally at six. Six is a pretty comfortable number. Uh, minimum is four. They've only done that once. That was in 2018. Maximum, though, was eight. That was only once. They've never actually even had seven. Just in 2013, they went nuts with a bunch of defensive tackles and put eight in there. Edge rushers averaging five, uh, minimum four, maximum six. The other cool thing about this is you look at edge rusher and it's very finely defined, right? Five is what you're shooting for. No less than four, no more than six. It's a very narrow window. Right, if you just go back five, four, 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 six, five, five, four, four, six, four, five. Right, there's no threes, there's no sevens. It's like, nope, it's between four and six. Uh, linebackers on average is four, minimum three, max six. Cornerbacks average is six. This one obviously has a massive swing because there are times when you want a ton of corners or sometimes you don't need as many, but um, pretty high number because the, the minimum was five. On average is six. So it's actually, I think it's the highest minimum number is cornerbacks. Five is the lowest they've ever had, um, which is the highest low. It's also tied for the highest high at eight, which again, they've only done that once at defensive tackle. Um, But between five and eight, and the average is six for cornerbacks. Safeties as low as three, as high as six, average is four. And then special teams every year is three. They don't ever carry an extra at all. You got your long snapper, your kicker, and your punter. So that's, that's, that's just where I like to start. And then I do the bare minimums, and I just try to look and say, where am I kind of way off here? So anyways, let's go through this position by position. Um, I want to kind of pull some of these guys away just so we can do this initially. So anyways, if, if we do sort of just bare minimum, what are we comfortable with? What kind of makes sense? At quarterback, Rodgers and Love, right? I know Kurt Bankard is obviously up for discussion, but it's not a massive need. And on average, the the more typical case is two quarterbacks. So that would make sense. 
Wide receiver, Devontae, MVS, Lazard, Cobb, and Amari. Those are the five locks. I've said Funchess is kind of a lock. I feel comfortable with that only because he's clearly way more talented than the other guys that are there. But it doesn't have to be, right? You could do those guys, and that would be fine. And that also fits our average of five. Running back, again, Jones, Dillon, and Hill. That's your three, and you, you kind of don't feel like you need more than that. So I'll, I'll stop there. But again, the lowest we've ever had is three. And, and again, it's kind of skewed because we're not really including any fullbacks, whereas we used to use them quite heavily. But still, four is much more typical, and the average actually is five. So if we if we say that one of them was usually a fullback, we can say that generally we have four running backs. We only have three. But let's just leave it at that because we know we can roll with that for now. Um, offensive tackle, the average is four. But I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, our three is David Bakhtiari. Again, I understand the injury, but we're not doing that right now. We're looking at full strength. Behind him, obviously, is Turner. Not even behind, just on the other side. And then I have one backup, and that's Yash Neiman. I don't remember how to say his name which I know a lot of people are, are not a big fan, but again, um, he's actually graded out quite well. He's done quite well via PFF, and if you listen to what the coaches had been saying about him, which just happened a couple days ago, uh, it's kind of glowing. They're really, I mean, both um, Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst talked about him almost in a way that, that implies he's definitely going to be sticking around. They talked about his growth, they've talked about how well he's come along, and they're excited to see where he goes. Now, you could say they're excited to see where he goes somewhere else, but the implication is they, they're excited about him getting even better, and you're not going to get rid of a guy like that. So I feel comfortable with with Yash there. Um, at offensive guard, Jenkins and Royce. Um, behind them, I put Runyon. I know Patrick kind of makes a little bit more sense, but I have him as my backup center. So I have at center, Myers and Patrick, so I have two there. Obviously, Patrick is... So basically, you have Jenkins and Royce as your starting guards, Myers as your starting center, and you have Runyon and Patrick as your sort of backup interior, right? Patrick can play guard. He can also play center. He, he might even be your first... Uh, so if, let's say, Royce went down, Patrick might be the first man up to take that spot. I don't know that he's going to be, but he, he very well could be. But also, if, if Myers goes down, Patrick is there next. And, and you know, you also have Runyon as source. So those are your two backup interior guys. At tight end, again, um, I don't know how unbelievably necessary Mercedes is. And I know a lot of people are going to be mad at me for, for even saying that. But it is what it is. I still think he's he's going to be on the on the 53. Tunyon, no question. And I think DeGuara, no question. Um I do think that you could make a case for some other guys, but I'm just going to leave it at that for now because it's not entirely necessary that we have more than that. Um, again, the average is four, but the minimum was two. And again, I'm just kind of doing bare bones minimum. I'm quite positive somebody else is going to be on that list. Could be two more guys on that list. It's max five. Not that you can't break the rules and make it six for once, but it's max five. You could put two other guys on there, Daphne and Sternberger or whatever. But again, if we're just doing bare minimums, Lewis, Tunyon, DeGuara. At defensive tackle, I feel very comfortable. Six is a very solid number for a defensive tackle group, and I have six that make a lot of sense. Clark, Lowry, Kiki, Slayton, Lancaster, and Heflin. Now, you could say maybe there's some kind of a shocking cut with Lancaster or whatever, but I just think they really like their defensive tackle group. They're veteran guys. They're smart guys. They're guys that they trust, and I think you want to keep it that way. You can maybe save a couple bucks, but is it really worth it? Why? What's the harm in keeping Lancaster around? There's no harm in that. So I'm, I'm feeling real good about that. And I think it drops off pretty steeply after that. So I'm, I, don't, I'm, I don't really need to mess with that one. Um, Edge, Preston Z, Rashawn, obviously locks. I don't feel comfortable with three. The minimum is four. I don't think we can go five, but I'm going to add Garvin to the list and just call it four. I'm, I'm not at all satisfied with the depth, and I don't think the Packers are either, which is why I think next year... I would not be surprised if edge rusher is our first round pick. It's a stacked edge rusher class. It's a position where you want to go early in the in the draft. And the depth on top of Zadarius and Preston being question marks, and even Rashawn, I don't exactly know what we have, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if multiple picks, including early picks, are edge for the Packers next year. But anyways, for the 53, Preston Z, Rashawn, and Garvin at linebacker, so I put Barnes, Campbell, Burks, and Summers. And again, I feel relatively comfortable with that, but I think most of them are fairly developmental. And so although I don't think they really mind, I mean, the, the only other guy that you, so there, there's two, two ways that this doesn't pan out. Number one is we're only keeping three inside, interior linebackers, inside linebackers. 
Number two is we're keeping somebody else. And Kamal's already gone. Harris, we haven't heard anything from. Ray Wilborn, I haven't heard anything from. So Isaiah McDuffie is the only other guy. And I don't think he's been necessarily a top-end player. Um, so I do, I do tend to think it's going to be Barnes, Campbell, Summers, Burks, and then we're going to try to stash McDuffie on the practice squad is my thought. However, let's say Burks has a terrible outing and the Packers are just done with him. I don't think it's impossible that they say, we just don't want Burks, we're going to get rid of him. And rather than just carrying in three, we'll bring in McDuffie. Rather than just trying to stash him on the practice, we have a spot. Even though he's not ready, he's got an active roster spot. And if we need him, we need him. But he probably just won't play very much. That, I think, is entirely possible. But for the time being, I am going to go Barnes, Campbell, Summers, and Burks all making it. And uh, we'll see. But I, I think if he has a terrible outing this week, I think Burks might be in trouble, which is unfortunate because, again, he had an outstanding week one game. And I think it kind of showcased what we've all been hoping to see from him. But if it's if it's going to be that sporadic where we're talking once every three years, that that ain't uh, that ain't going to cut it. Um, at corner... Jair, King, Stokes, Chandon, and Shamar. Now, Shamar doesn't have to be, but considering we're shooting for about six, and this is only five, I feel fairly comfortable with that. Um, can we add some guys? Absolutely. But again, we're kind of just doing bare minimum. And I think, uh, especially with King, I don't exactly know his, his, his where he stands, but uh, you got three boundary guys, you got two slot guys, and, and you could make a case that Shamar might be a practice squad guy. It's a little bit risky. You know, if Chandon gets hurt, you'd have to call him up. But if, if he if he gets stolen, that's not great. Because now we're in trouble and we just lost out on a pretty promising young slot guy. So um, I'd rather just carry him if we can. And I think we have the spot, the space. Um, and then you get to special teams. I've got Adrian Amos, Savage. And then on top of that, minimum is three, maximum is six, average is four. I feel fairly comfortable with the four being Scott and Black. Um, it's kind of torn on this one. Um, Will Redmond kind of seems like the obvious go-to, but Will Redmond's been sort of really bad. He's been really bad in the preseason. He's never really been super great in the regular season either. I feel like he's one of those guys that he just he's baseline competent. And we haven't really had any other safeties, and so we kind of just carry him as that number three, but I don't know that he's ever really been the answer. Um, and then Innis Gaines, obviously, is extremely popular, but there's been some serious question marks. The the Packers head coach, Matt LaFleur, has even come out and said he's way too inconsistent, which is not great to have the head coach call you out like that. Um, and then you look at, for example, Henry Black. Well, what has he done? Special teams. I think special teams is his big in. He's been one of the highest-graded special teamers via PFF. And uh, Vernon Scott also, when they when uh, in the press conferences, I think it was Matt LaFleur talking about him, was saying that he kind of wished that he had been able to see more from Vernon Scott, almost alluding to the fact that they're excited about him. They just, they haven't been able to see enough of him. So maybe he's not even the guy, I don't know. And obviously Up, Uphoff is, is another option, but I don't think Uphoff is uh, very promising either. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of iffy, but I'm going to go Savage, Amos, Black, and Vernon Scott. Maybe not. Maybe Ennis Gaines sneaks in there. Maybe in addition to or in lieu of, I don't know, but that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and then we have our three special teamers. But at this point, we're only at 47. So we have six more people that we can add. Six. <laughs> I've got like five different people sending me messages, listeners to the podcast, and like three of them are, are upset with me because of my short responses to them. I do apologize, but you got to understand, I it, I have like an open door policy with this podcast where anybody sends me messages anytime and I'm pretty good about like getting back, but you're probably only going to get a short response, especially when it's like super in-depth and insightful. Like you really want to have an in-depth conversation about football. It's like, dude, I'm, I'm not in that space right now, man. And I, I got so much going on. I can't be like, well, let me, let me spend the next half hour busting open PFF and really diving into this deep intellectual conversation with you. I'm sorry if that's rude. I just, I don't have the bandwidth. I feel bad, you know, because I even had a, well, I won't get into specifics, but sometimes that, that, that'll happen sometimes where I go back and look at my responses to people and it's, it's every single response I give and they, they're writing paragraphs. It's like, wow. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Thanks dude. Cool, man. All right. <laughs> that's every one of my, it's, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't realize it until I go back and look and it's like, oh yeah, it's, 
But that that's that's all I got. That's all I got. So I'm sorry if that annoys you. What were we talking about? So anyway, again, this this is kind of where you start to add a little bit, and and it, you know we don't have to go through this whole thing right now. But again, I want to add back Funches. Um, I think I had Benkert in there just because you know you you can make a case for it, not because he was the greatest quarterback in the history of the universe or anything like that. I think he's good, and I think he's a, he's a rare kind of a guy where you bring in a guy and and I think he can. Oops, I hit the wrong button there. I type his name again. I, Anyways, where he can he can maybe, maybe be good enough to be a backup. Maybe, right? He has possible number two potential. And, and I saw a little debate ski on Twitter about in a different world, maybe it doesn't matter. But if we're possibly talking about Love taking over next year, it would be nice if we have a built-in number two behind Love. And it would be awesome if that guy was Bankard because he's a cool guy. But because I don't really know, let's just go ahead and do that. And again, I put Dexter in there. Maybe he's not the guy. It kind of feels he's another guy that I feel like the Packers aren't a huge fan of. Um, I keep seeing him do stuff that I like, and the Packers are like, nah, he's not getting any reps. So I'd, it's one of those things that where I, it, it makes sense to me intellectually, but at the same time, reading the tea leaves, I feel like the Packers are about to let him go. But I'm going to put him in there anyways. Um, and then I put Sternberger in. I know a lot of people think he's getting cut. I just think they want to give him more time, um, and they have seen some growth. Uh, let's see. That puts us at 51. That's two more spots. We might even put Daphne in there as well because I really think they like Daphne a lot. Now, part of the Daphne thing, though, I think was filling in for Tunyon, and with him back, he may not be – or not Tunyon, Deguara. He may not be as needed, but let's just put him in because it doesn't really matter. Um, offensive linemen, who are we missing out on? Ben Braden, Jake Hansen. Um, that's probably it. Cole Van Lannen did do well, but I think that's a six-round developmental guy. I think you can stash him, and he'll be kind of safe. Capra graded out well, but I don't think you have to put him practice. Uh, Dennis Kelly, I saw a lot of other. I started looking at other 53s to get ideas. He was on a lot of them. Maybe because he's a veteran, you could put him in there. I just, I don't know. He's been bad, man, and I think he's hurt right now. I just don't think he makes it. Um, Hanson, again, maybe, but um, I just don't think he's really done very much. I'm kind of comfortable with where I'm at. The the one guy, who did I say? Oh, I don't think I said anybody. I don't. I think I'm good with what I got. Oh, the one guy would probably be Dennis Kelly, but I'm just not, not really feeling it. Defensive tackle, like I said, I think I'm good. Pavilion would be the only other guy I would consider, and I just don't think that's necessary. I would love to add an edge rusher, but um, Chauncey Rivers did do some fun stuff, and he did come from Baltimore, which I know the Packers are big on. Maybe he could be a surprise add. Um, we only have one more spot, but I'll table that. I, I would like to get one more guy in here. Um, we've got the four linebackers. We could stash McDuffie, but again, I think he clears waivers. I think he's just kind of a developmental guy. Another corner wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Who do we leave out? Isaac, maybe. I mean, we did trade for him, so it makes sense that we just want to stash him as somewhat of a veteran guy and, and you know, see what he can do. It kind of makes sense. It would be kind of weird to get rid of him. Ento also is kind of hard to get rid of. I kind of want all of them. I wonder if Shamar could possibly come off and be stashed and we put in Isaac and Ento. I think between those three, two of them stay, and I'm not entirely sure which. This would be a great time to look at their snap counts. I know Shamara's gotten a ton of work. Um, maybe I'll just put Yadam in there. But they might just flat out cut the guy. I don't know. Maybe that's what I... Again, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to put Yadam in there. I got to go to bed anyways. How do you spell the guy's name? Y-I-A-D-O-M. Yeah. Uh, bidoo, bidoo, bidoo. So that's that's kind of it. So again, it this was one of the easier ones. And again, it's not the exact prediction. It's just usually... I'm way over, and I can't figure out how to whittle it down. This is fine, and I could even... If you told me that, you know, you have to stash another corner, let's just say. We're putting the uh, seventh corner out there. Be like, all right, dude, I, you know, we can um, we can get rid of Funches if you want. I don't want to. I'd like to keep Funches. I think he can be a real asset, but... Or Dexter, you know, that's fine. Daphne, Sternberger. I, I, these, these people aren't going to kill me, to be honest. I love the upside of Funches. Um, I like Benkert as a person. If he get, get gets moved, that's not going to kill me. Dexter, you guys know I'm a big fan of him, but I get it. Um, 
even some of the offensive line. I mean, we have to have somebody that can play tackle outside of the guys that are here. And obviously Jenkins is technically a backup tackle, but say Runyon doesn't exactly get the uh, the nod. Okay, I'll survive. Um, Heflin at defensive tackle. Again, Burks, if he doesn't quite get, or even Ty, you know, maybe Burks gets it and they're like, Ty isn't quite ready. What? So again, it's just, there's not a whole lot here where it's like, you know, we have to, have, no, we don't, we're good, man. You know, three of the four safeties would be fine. So um, I'm guessing there's going to be a couple shockers in here, and I kind of listed what a couple of them could be. Um, but otherwise, it, it's fairly straightforward. Again, Patrick Taylor might be in there instead of Dexter. In fact, I would guess that that's the case, although that fumble is going to be pretty detrimental. But, um, yeah, this one, this one again, I've, I've never had – Maybe it's just from experience, whereas before I, I just haven't done this before, and so I'm kind of struggling through decision-making, and now I'm kind of coming at it differently, and it was easier. I don't know. But I also, to be honest, I do think that part of it is just the, the baseline talent. Um, as weird as it sounds, you would think if you have more talented guys, you have a hard time not starting some of them. But I think, honestly, for me, it's a matter of I want to build this team um, in such a way that I'm comfortable with the position group. And I, it doesn't take much for me to get comfortable with it. And, and even if you want to do something interesting, go back, go to rlads.com slash NFL depth chart slash depth chart slash Green Bay. Um, don't type that out because that's not even how it's spelled. Just go to rlads. Go look at some of these older rosters. It's painful. Um, I remember thinking recently that this is one of the best rosters we've had in a long time. And I was like, that's probably just recency bias. You know what I mean? It's probably just, you know, I've probably felt that way about the, no. Not at all. You go back and look at like, you know, what, 2017-ish or whatever, look at the roster, and it's like, dude, that is, that's brutal. You know, I mean, it, you again, look at the wide receivers, Devontae, MVS, Lazard, Cabo, Mari, and Funches. I love that whole group. Usually it's like there's one guy you really like, another guy that might be pretty good, and the rest of them are like, yeesh, tight end. There might not be any. For many years, there's not one guy on there where it's like, this guy's pretty good. I'm excited about DeGuara. Sternberger might be something. Daphne is an asset. Tunyon, obviously. To what degree, I don't know, but obviously. And then Mercedes is Mercedes. The defensive, I, I like all six of these defensive tackles. Now, I don't know that any of them are superstars, but the whole group is fine, right? I'm good with it. So um, anyways, again, I got this as my baseline. We'll see what happens. There's a couple more cuts coming. The next preseason game will inform some of this, and I might do a little bit more in-depth looking at snap counts, looking at contracts and these kinds of things to see if I can maybe refine a few things. If you guys have some thoughts, send it my way, and I'll kind of continue. Again, this is my first sort of sweeping attempt at this. Um, I have not begun the refining process. But anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.